Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mark My Words. Mark My Words is the only podcast produced exclusively for independent paint retailers and other stakeholders in the independent dealer channel. I'm your host, Mark Lipton. Thank you for listening. With me today is Kelly Scott, owner of the independent paint retailer Barry Down Paint in Ontario, Canada. Kelly, thanks for being with me today. Thank you so much for having me. So I know Barry Down is doing some really interesting stuff, and I'm going to leave plenty of time to get to that. But why don't we start by just sharing with our listeners a, a little bit about what Barry Down is and how many stores you have, how many employees. Just keep it to the paint side of the business, and we'll get to some of the other exciting stuff. Right. So, um, so we've got two retail storefronts in a place called Sudbury, Ontario. So imagine if you were in Michigan and you drove for eight hours straight north, you would end up at Sudbury. So our business is kind of different in that a lot of people know us for the bricks and mortar retail stores and the you know Benjamin Moore paint, Hunter Douglas window treatments, but another side of our business is industrial coatings. You know, so that's more than half of our business. And we have 34 employees, two stores, and we're very diversified. So so that's an unusual mix, 50% yeah. industrial. So what's going on in, in that town that makes it possible for you guys to, to stand out like that with industrial? Sudbury is actually a really, a really unique community because it's got a population base with enough scale. So there's 150,000 people in Sudbury. So big city. Big city, very large catchment area. But right. it's a two-hour drive in and out of Sudbury, like through the bush with nothing, two hours from any other major center, right? And so Sudbury is like this little ecosystem where you've got all the major paint players, you've got all, you've got enough scale, but it's also a very controlled environment. And what Sudbury's kind of primary industry is a resource town. So there's a lot of nickel, there's a lot of mining. And so it's what we would call a, like a mining innovation cluster. So there are a lot of companies and industries that have built themselves around that location because of mining being the predominant economic driver. And so what lines do you carry, uh, architecturally and industrially? It sounds like probably you've got right. a couple of different significant vendors. So in architectural coatings, our primary line and our only line has always been Benjamin Moore Paint. On the industrial side, we carry international protective coatings, which is also devote, you know, in, in our area. And with a couple of, we also carry Chemcraft lacquers, we do a lot of floor epoxy, you know, so those like, but predominantly Benjamin Moore and then international. And tell me a little bit about the mix that what's going on in the store. So putting the industrial aside, what is sort of the architectural side of your business look like retail versus contractor? Right. So in a dollar's perspective, we're 60% retail and 40% B2B, right? So contractors. And then when we get into dollars though, those numbers change and it gets a little bit closer to 50-50. Right. So why don't you give us a little bit about how you got into the business and then feel free from there to, to share a little bit. I love that story about yeah. your grandparents and, and how your parents met. So let's talk about some of that. So my grandparents actually got into the paint business through a company called St. Clair Paints in the 70s. It was actually a like, franchise model that was popular across Canada. So my grandparents had two retail stores my dad managed one of them. My mom, scandalous, you know, she was an employee in the store and I guess kind of sparks flew and, you know, the rest is history. But the interesting thing is that my parents, they started to see the wheels coming off the St. Clair bus. You know, it was a, it was a really interesting business model, but they were like, they were constant discounters. So everything was always on sale. 
So my parents really felt that that model was doomed. My grandparents didn't share their opinion. And Benjamin Moore was looking for distribution up in Sudbury. And it's like the good old days where everything was just like a handshake, you know. And so my parents decided to make the move. And they actually opened up their own competitor to your grandparents. Competitor. And they were they were they were key employees, you know, like so it's like a controversial family story, but you know, my parents went off, they opened their store and they were they were very successful right away, but it was it was a great brand, it was like the right timing. And whether or not they accelerated the end of my grandparents' business or if it was gonna happen anyway, you know, within a couple of years, my grandparents' business failed. Wow. It all ended well, though, right? right? Because it makes for an interesting Thanksgiving. So tell me about the Free Paint Friday. So Free Paint Friday was something that we had in the works for months before we launched it. And it's so in our business, we are not discounters. So, you know, we, we run a very small number of sales. And we've really felt that change with customers where if you're not going to be selling them on price and constant promotions, there needs to be another peace for them, right? So we had this vision, and this is what we're deploying now, where we wanted to remove the number one pain point or risk factor for customers. And that is getting a color wrong, right? And because if you talk to, to customers, that's their biggest fear. It's very expensive to have a room painted or to paint a room. And they're always afraid that they're going to get the color wrong. So in our minds, we had this vision where what if every time you bought premium paint from us, whether it is Aura or Regal, what if that you were able to try your color risk-free every single time? And so the communication piece for it, we wanted to roll this out. And this is what we're running now, where every gallon somebody buys, they can try a pint first for free, credits right off of it. But it was too complicated to roll that out. You know, the, the verbiage of selling, and it didn't bring any new customers in, right? So we said, you know what? We're going to make a big commitment. We're going to do Free Paint Friday all year long. And our line was, we invite you to abuse this, right? We wow. invite you to abuse this. Wow. And you guys have never been to New York, have you? Right. So it was funny because we actually spent quite a bit marketing it. We rolled it out. Free Paint Friday became an animal. Like it was wow. a monster. Wow. We'd have like DJs, food in the store, oh, t-shirts. Wow. Wow. We did it every single Friday. Because when you think about it, right? How much does it cost in marketing dollars? for me to get you as a customer to come in, physically come into my store on a Friday costs a lot more than the cost of that pint of paint, right? And by putting it on one day, we were really able to talk to our team and get them around it and say, you know what, we're spending the cost of this pint of paint for the opportunity to wow this new customer. It's all about wowing that new customer. So people come in and they say, I want to paint my room linen white, but I'm not sure. They just come in for the free bait. Like, I, so I'm they sure. just come in and pick up a free sample. Free sample. And the only, we have some like rules around it. There was some learning early on right, where we're like, right. oh, how can people actually abuse this? Right. So the whole thing, the only caveat was we had, you had to try a new color every week. Okay. So, you know, a new Benjamin Moore color every single week. And we did have people that came in yeah. over 50 times. But 51, one customer came in 51 times. So, but that's amazing. Right. You know, so I was like, you know what? Hats off to them. Yes, right. I gave that person 51 pints, but they're like, we have a relationship now. Right. They love right. our staff. Like when they buy paint, they are not going to buy paint anywhere else. Right. right. And so we ran Free Paint Friday for the entire year. And it really like there's just something great about it because it's a real traffic driver. Right. It really drives traffic. And the greatest thing about it is that 
it's new business. Like it's that opportunity to really wow somebody and to convert them. Now we, we ended and I have to admit my team, they almost like, like tears of joy when free paint Friday ended because it is exhausting. If you really go after it, it can be, like I said, it's a, it's a monster. So how many people were you seeing coming in as response to that? Well, as an example, we said, I have 34 people, right? Nobody gets Fridays off. Really? It's like an all hands, all hands on deck. On deck. Wow. But we don't run free paint Friday now. So we okay. do what we call, we, we call them like, like, like a flash free paint Friday where, right. where we do it. But, but we did it for the entire year. And then we were able to transition the marketing piece into now it's, it's not free paint Friday. It's, you know, free paint 365 days of the year. Every time you come in and you want to execute a project, the paint is free. Right. right. So now we've transitioned. We've made that next leap. Right. And so there was that. So you don't sell the samples at all. basically. We do because they buy it. But then they get it credited when they get the gallon okay. with our computer system. We can track it and it okay. goes right against it. And it's so interesting because for customers, we are removing that that pain point. And there's, a, you know, so it was a free pain Friday was all about new customers and new business. But it's a lot more strategic than it looks like, yeah. you know, because you see it popping up. And, and and that's why I'm glad we're talking about it, because there is a very real strategy at work. You know, free pain Friday was all about new business, bringing in new customers. Right. right? And, and so the other piece of it, though, was in our minds, this is a long-term branding piece. Right. This is where Berry Down Paint is going to be because we're not discounters. Right. So we have to have that additional something. There's got to be that additional reason for somebody to come in. We're never going to be the, the cheapest right. in town, right? right? You don't want to lower your prices. Right? But we can offer the most value, right? Terrific. And by addressing that number one pain point, I think that we're, we're really doing it. So you guys are doing some really interesting things that vary down in terms of integrating the online experience with what customers are experiencing in your stores. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? And, and, that's, and that's what most people think of when they think of Barry down. Like, oh, those are the e-commerce people, right? So years ago, we had this vision where we realized that, and actually it started with us wanting to open our third store. Benjamin Moore was doing their branching out program. We had an opportunity to open a third location. And so we had always had two stores, right? And so I hadn't really realized the amount of work, the amount of work and overhead that goes into opening another store, right? And it dawned on me, I'm like, you know, our customers, everybody, we all spend time on our phones, tablets, desktops. And I thought it dawned on me just the limitations of that physical bricks and mortar store, right? And I was looking at the way our own behavior is. You know, if I'm going to go to a store, before I set foot in that store, I am all over their website. I'm not going to make that trip to the store unless I've already kind of vetted that out. And so we call this like meet them where they are. But we just had this vision where what if, you know, this was the fourth location for Berry Down Paint, except it's in everybody's pocket. It's on their tablets at home. It's on their desktops at work. And it's like, what if we could really expand the footprint and that's, that's the beauty of digital is that, you know, you're not trapped into that bricks and mortar store. Now you transcend beyond that. And now you're meeting customers where they are. And the other big piece of our vision was not just about doing e-commerce. Because, you know, it's funny because paint is one of the most unamazonable products right. on the planet. Like right. shampoo, books, everybody wishes that they were paint, right. right? Because it's expensive to ship, it freezes, it's like awkward, yeah. right? And so e-commerce for paint, 
we knew it wasn't going to be about, you know, shipping paint 200 miles that way, right? That's got, that is not where we were going with it. It was really just how could we expand the footprint and sell our 10 mile radius or our 20 mile radius more effectively by being on the device that everybody is working with. And one of the kind of like core tenets of everything that we do, it drives everything that we do, is addressing the fact that customers don't see channels, right? So we think we get in this mindset. People always want to talk about, oh, the digital side of this or the retail side of that. But to our customers, they don't see bricks and mortar or e-commerce. They just see our brand, right? right? And so for us, we, we realize everything that happens online has to happen in store. And everything that happens in store has to happen online. And it needs to be this seamless transition between the two and that they can expect the same from us regardless of the channel. Right. right? So how do you go about creating? I was always very not tech savvy, truly not tech savvy. And, you know, and then it just dawned on me. I'm like, this is just business. It's just business. So technology is just it's part of business. It's just like HR. It's just like marketing. Like if you're going to be in business, I need to learn this. And so I assembled a team and it was, it's really ironic because everybody that worked on that team, even though they were in other kind of careers and roles, about them, every single one of them had worked in paint at one point. Okay. So they knew when we're talking, how are we going to handle bases, the computer team. So when we're talking about how are we going to handle bases or, hey, how do we put these checks and stops and to make sure somebody doesn't get the wrong color, just like so we would have in the store, right? right? Everybody was speaking that language, right. you know, and so... That was really for you, a computer programmer who's worked in a paint store. It sounds like you're spending a fair amount of money on this, and I'm, I'm not going to ask you how much, but <laughs> it sounds like you're spending a lot of money. As a retailer, I have a tendency to look at marketing expenditures, which is kind of what this right. is. And I have a tendency to say, will this grow my sales? And I have a tendency to want to look at that afterwards and say, I spent a dollar, did it grow my sales? But it, are you seeing that or are you even looking at it from that perspective? Let's oh, I, I look at it. So actually, I'll start with the spending a lot of money. It is so interesting where the cost compared to it, it's, it's nothing compared to a physical storefront. And so I think a lot of people as, as a business person, I'm sort of trained transactionally right. to look at what my spend is and what the results are from that spend. And I think mm -hmm. what you're saying is you're looking at marketing in a or marketing spend in a very different way. You're, right. you're not looking at it from the standpoint of does that create a transaction? You're looking at it sort of higher altitude. How does this support? I just look, I just look at the goals, right. right? So what are those key indicators? Watch the key indicators. So other than what you're doing now, what else can you see a program like this evolving into for Barrytown? We've started thinking so far down the road, right? Because technology changes fast. Things change so quickly now. And so it's interesting because now the types of things that we're working on and the projects we're working on now that we'll be deploying maybe at the end of this year, like a, a chat bot to help customers choose the perfect color our rewards program. That's a huge piece of what we're doing because if Free Paint Friday was all about new customers, now we're changing gears and we're doing a customer value optimization. Like how can we make the customers that we do have more valuable and how can we be more valuable to them? And so I don't think there's any limitation because with technology, every time you turn around, there is something new and exciting. And I think that, and I don't know if we, if we, if we get to it later, but the most exciting things about technology is our ability to become extremely personalized, right? So 
you know, us being able to deliver that experience at the perfect time for Mark, yeah. right? And not assuming that the experience that you're going to get is going to be the experience that Guy wants, right? right? right. And so it's, I, I think that's very exciting because I know that we can get very, you know, very precise in reinventing that experience for shopping for paint. And that's really what we're trying to do is we're trying to revolutionize how people do that in our stores. So tell me a little bit about uh, your rewards program. I know a lot of dealers do programs like that. And so that'll be of interest to a lot of people. Rewards for us, we actually think is bigger than e-commerce. Wow. It's, I, I know it's like a bold statement, but it's, see, rewards and a loyalty program it's the one marketing effort that is a, it's, it's a home run. It's a sure thing because it doesn't pay out unless they paid in, right? So you set the numbers, you do the math and you're well, and a lot of people don't realize that it's actually, if you love marketing, rewards is a home run for you because you, you're within the envelope of certainty because your rewards program doesn't, you don't incur an expense until you get, you hit a goal, right? And so when we were approaching our rewards program, like everything else that we do, it can't just be a punch card. The challenge though for us in paint is that the buyer journey for, for paint and that, that purchase cycle for paint is very different than cosmetics or this is, not, this is not dog food, you know? So people move in and out of market in a big way. And so how do you build a rewards program that is gonna engage that customer over the long term? And so when we approached it, we wanted to do something really unique. So we created a rewards program that rewards somebody for purchases in addition to actions. So profit building actions. So in our rewards program, for example, if somebody follows us on Instagram, that's 25 points. If they like us on Facebook, if they leave a product review, that's 50 points. So we have the ability where those are, those are profitable actions for us right. and they are worth something. Right. And so our rewards program, you know, they, they earn points for their purchases, but at the same time, we can keep that person engaged. There's a referral element to it as well. So if they refer a friend, their friend gets 15% off and they get a $15 off coupon only when their friend transacts on it, right? Mm -hmm. Cool thing about our rewards program is that it's not just like a punch card because it's so hard, right? Sometimes you have a customer that might buy Ben for, for one project, but they use Aura on another surface. And so you're always facing that challenge of, well, which line do they redeem on? And so with our rewards program, you know, people can earn across the different lines and they can redeem across those different lines. So the math that we're using, it works out to be buy eight gallons, get one free. But after somebody's bought a bunch of paint, the last thing they want is more paint, right? So our rewards program has, and this is the coolest part about it, it has, I, I don't know another word to call it, but we call it our affiliate rewards. So there's an amazing coffee roastery, right? A $50 gift card. There's a place called, like it's a brewery, right? So, you know, take your crew for lunch at the brewery a very hip clothing store. So now we have these affiliate rewards that are like local brands where, you know, we're, we're co-branding on this program. There's an incentive for them to be in our rewards program. And we're being able to reward somebody with something that is actually desirable at the end of a big right. paint purchase. That's interesting. You wouldn't see a lot of retailers, I think, sending people to other stores as their reward for shopping right. in in your store. But it, you should see the reaction with customers when, and, and strategic too, because we're picking brands that are, I mean, they're very hip, right? right. So they're very hip. We are really trying to appeal to that, that demographic and, you know, cause paint is not super cool. It's not like that coffee roasters or that microbrewery. 
And so we really try to, by doing that, we're getting into that mind space with that customer where we're just as hip as that super cool coffee shop. But now that it's rolling, it's, it's really excellent. And so I was really interested by some of the things that you reward on. So obviously you reward for buying in your stores. That's, yep. that's obvious, right? And so you said you reward on a like on your Instagram and Facebook. Or mm-hmm. Are there other things that you would reward on that, that would strike people as un, strike listeners as unusual? I think leaving reviews. Leaving reviews, it, it's, it's amazing to me that people trust another stranger on the internet more than they trust an expert yeah. now. And so a part of our... I would argue the strangers have become experts. The strangers have become expert because yep. we trust them. Yep. It's just that trust. You're a real user. You really bought this. And so a new technology that we've just rolled on our site is the ability for people to leave photo reviews on a color. Because I know for me wow. shopping, okay, I do not look like the model you know, on the anthropology website. Right. But when I shop on anthropology, the first thing I do is go to the reviews and I can see photos of real girls or maybe they look like me, right. similar dimensions. And I can right. see how that article of clothing looked on theirs. And so now when our gallons go out the door, there's a sticker on top of the can and it says something to the effect of, you know, help the next person picking this color and share the results and they can get points for having done that. And there's a little URL redirect that brings them straight to that product page and they can leave a photo review of how did Revere Pewter look in that person's room. Right. Right. So. What a really terrific idea that is. It's going to be so cool. And it's so new. So, but I know that our customers, you know, being able to see that paint color, they don't necessarily want that beautiful, splashy photography room display. They want to see it in somebody else's real house. Right. And it's interesting because uh, you've overcome a big problem with with technology in the paint industry in that uh, representation of color is is a huge problem, right? Every screen Mm -hmm. is going to look a little different. So you said Revere Pewter. If you pulled it up, you've got your phone, my phone, mm-hmm. and two laptops sitting here as we're taping this. If you pulled it up on all four, you'd get four different colors. Absolutely. But you've actually avoided that problem completely by saying it's not really so much about how the color looks on the wall. It's about what this person thinks of how the color looks on their wall. Exactly. Right. And so it doesn't really matter so much that it doesn't display exactly as it is because you're really saying we want this person's opinion more than anything else. Yeah. You want to see their opinion. There's, uh, there's in there like, you know, did the color, you know, and, and we had to like prime the pump, so to speak with our own staff reviews. So let's say we leave a review about Stone Harbor. Well, our staff is commenting that, you know, it can actually pull a little bit on the purple side, you know, so those unexpected elements of color where it's helpful for somebody to know that actually this is a purpley gray. If you don't see it, you need to know that that undertone is there. So it's, it's really exciting because I do think that it's a totally different way for people to shop for, for paint. Right. It's totally different, but it matches what's happening elsewhere. Right. It's, it's happening for cosmetics, for clothing. So why shouldn't we be deploying the same tactics for paint? That's a terrific way to end it. Kelly Scott, owner of Barry Down Paint in Ontario, Canada. Thank you so much for being on my podcast today and continued success with your stores and your online efforts. Thank you so much. I love this opportunity. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. This is Mark, my words, and I'm your host, Mark Lipton. Thank you for listening. Check your inbox for notifications of more podcasts and blog posts at marklipton.com.